One thing before I, before I start speaking, I want to uh, encourage you with, we've been talking about, Pastor Pat spoke to us a little bit last week. I brought it up the week before, and then he brought it up even before that on a Wednesday night. We have these cards that are out in the lobby. I've also brought some here into the sanctuary. They're here on the altar rails. And what they represent are people. Each one of these cards has a street name on it. Matter of fact, each one of these cards have six or seven or eight street names on it that are within a mile of our church in all directions. And so what we would ask you to do is continue to pray for the individuals that live on these streets, live in these homes, apartments, condos, whatever it is that they have and where they're living. And this is just somebody that we want to pray for because we want them to come to know Jesus Christ. Amen? And by doing that, and by making this just a regular prayer time, that you begin to hold these people up, that's, what, that's how we'll get, be able to get that message out. I told you more will be coming in the weeks to come as Pastor Pat and Pastor Julie will lay out some more ideas of what we're going to do and how we're going to touch these people. But for now, we're starting with the, the groundwork of prayer. So I would just encourage you, before you leave, come on up, pick one up off of the altar, or there are two tables as you exit the main doors, you can pick one up there. So please do that. Please keep these individuals in prayer because we want to have as much influence uh, of promoting Jesus' name in the community as we possibly can. And you can never, ever go wrong starting at the best building block of prayer. So please do that if you would. So today we want to talk about independence and we want to talk about the dependence and Pastor Rob did a great job setting that up. So again, I want to thank him and, and all he did. And if I threw out the number 246, do you know what that means today? 246. Since nine, or 1776 to today, right? 246 years. Amazing. Amazing to me. And I'm so grateful for all of these people that put their lives on the line for what you and I are blessed with today. Many God-fearing men, women, families who helped in this process of what we've come to enjoy on a daily basis. We haven't sung the song in a long, long time, but I hope you will remember it a little bit. Maybe you won't because of age, but how about count your blessings? Name them one by one. And those that know the song are singing it in their head right now. I hope you do this on a daily basis. Do you count your blessings every single day? I hope you start out that. I, see, I have to make a confession here. I have had the tendency to maybe ignore or, or overlook the blessings of the Lord because, you know what? Just come to expect it, Right? It's just there. It's always there. God has been so good. And when we just continue to move along, and then it takes tragedy or, or struggle or, or something to happen that makes us stop and say, whoa, wait a minute. Well, I want to do better than that. I want to be in an attitude of praising my Lord for all that he's done and all he's doing for us and not just come to expect it, but thank him for it on a regular basis. And I just think that if we attempt to praise him regularly, every day for what we have. Oh, that's just going to add to our life. It's going to add to our testimony. It's going to add to our witness the more that we do that. 
There are multiple reasons every day to praise the Lord. If I asked you right now to stand up and tell me, what would you praise the Lord for? We should have something on the tip of our tongue ready to go. And I hope that you have that. We just heard some great testimony from Noah about about camp and all that. I am so excited. That's been my prayer for the last week. Lord, just touch each and every one of those students, each and every one of those leaders in a way that, Lord God, they encounter you, that their lives can't be the same from then on. And that's what I'm praying for even today, this morning, is that we will encounter our God, not just through our praise, our worship, but through his word, and that that will change us. And again, I know that tomorrow's a big day of celebration for a lot of people, and I hope that you could go out and celebrate, and I'm thankful Again, for all the brilliant men that pen the document uh, that is the basis for our independence in this nation and for all the women and the children that supported these men that did that work. It's just, it took all of them to be able to get that to come together. And then for the military might that we have that won the battle, the, as we heard, the Revolutionary War that, that, that went against the king and all of his English military might. And now for our continued military that is out doing what they do and they keep us safe. safe. Every day of the week that we're here, they're out all over the globe. We need to say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for those that are serving for this nation, that are serving for us. Lord, I ask that you bless every Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine, every reservist, every whoever it is, first responders that we have here in our local community. Thank you, Lord, for each and every one. It's so great to have them working on our behalf. And through this declaration of independence, I'm just gonna state some basic ideas. I'm not gonna try to summarize the whole thing, but just basically, I've, I've got four things that, that God made all men equal, right? And gave them rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And it's the main business of of government to help protect these rights. And every individual has God-given right to live free, to own property. What a blessing that is. And, And if the government tries to withhold these rights, the people are free to revolt and set up a new government. You read through all that, all the different 27 items that they put in there that they sent back to the king. Those are, like I say, a real loose summary of a lot of it. But what, as I was looking at this, and I was reading something that that John Adams wrote to his wife while he was there being one of those that helped draft this Declaration of Independence. And, And here's part of what he wrote to his wife. I am apt to believe that it will be celebrated by succeeding generations as a great anniversary festival. It ought to be commemorated as a day of deliverance by solemn acts of devotion to God Almighty. It ought to be solemnized with pomp and parade and shows and games and sports and guns and bells and bonfires and illuminations from one end of the continent to the other from this time forward forevermore. You think me transported with uh, enthusiasm, but I am not. I am well aware of the toil and the blood and treasure that it will cost us to maintain this declaration and support and defend these states. 
Yet through all the gloom, I can see the rays of ravishing light and glory. And his last sentence is really kind of what caught me. I am grateful for the land in which we live. But I don't think that our Christian heritage and our U.S. heritage are one in the same. And our walk with the Lord and our being born again through Jesus Christ, becoming a follower of Jesus uh, and, and the way that he taught us to live, that is, that's different than our patriotism. I'm all for patriotism, but it's not the same of what our Savior did for us in this gift of salvation that we have. See, this kingdom that we're living in, this kingdom called the U.S. of A., it's going to end. It's going to end. Maybe sooner than later, depending on how things keep going. Because I believe that we are a nation in need of repentance. And we need to be repenting for a lot of things. And I think we as the church of Jesus Christ, the believers in Christ, should be repenting and calling out and asking the Lord for his help. Because, see, there is a kingdom that is going to stand forevermore. And that's the kingdom that we should all be living for at all cost. It is a kingdom of God that will be eternal. We are just passing through this time and we're working toward our eternal reward that will come. Listen to this. It's not on the screen. I added this last minute and I didn't want to bother our tech people. 1 Corinthians 15. 51 and 52, behold, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. There is no kingdom on earth that can do what this is talking about. It's only the kingdom of God that can do that. And the older I become, the more I realize that independence that we all seem to love and try to strive for is not truly just independence. Pastor Rob said, I've realized and I continue to realize how very dependent I am on the Lord in this life. How about you? Are you learning how dependent you are? John 15, verse 4 says, remain in me, and I also remain as I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine, and neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. As much as we want to try to have this autonomy, as much as we want to try to have this freedom in our lives, and I am grateful for what we have been blessed with. I am grateful for the, like I say, the men that, that wrote the document and, and the declaration that we have and, and all the other things that has gone on that has given us quite a bit in our own nation of autonomy and freedom. But understand that all of that still comes with some restriction to us of what we have to do because we still have a dependence on our God all the time. Let me just, this is, this is kind of a first point if you can get this in your head. Jesus is not an add-on for us to have a full and balanced life. He is our full and balanced life. 
Don't let Jesus be an add-on. Make Jesus the very center and core of it all. Because it dishonors our Lord when we use him as a last resort. Only after we've exhausted ourselves and all the resources that we have. We've done everything that we can. And now we turn to the... No, turn to him first. And continue to use the resources and stuff that you have. But go to him first. Include him in everything. That's why I say, I think if we start our day by praising him for what he had, he, he gave you the ability today to get out of bed, to put your feet on the floor, to walk out of your house, to get in your car, to come. How many freedoms have you already had just in that? All kinds of freedom. I was reading a magazine yesterday from Voice of the Martyrs talking about our brothers and sisters in Christ in Pakistan. Can you imagine being between one and 2% of the entire nation that believes in Jesus Christ? 98 to 99% is an entirely different faith, mostly the Muslim faith. And these Christians, all these, and I understand it was a magazine that I was reading, it was the pictures and there were beautiful pictures, but you could still see the love of Christ on their face and the smiles in their face and the blessing of God in their face when they are continually persecuted at every turn and told that you can't really practice what you want to practice that way because if you do, you could easily die. See, they just don't add Jesus. No, they live in Jesus. That's the only way they can do it. And if... We, let me get back to where I need to be. When our confidence in Christ is our, if you will, our default, it's what we always go back to is Christ. We always go back to Jesus Christ. To me, it's like, it's like a healthy tree's root system. It's, it's, the tree roots, they go out, right? They, they reach beyond itself. They just don't rely on itself. They reach beyond and, and they go down and they go out in the ground, right? And these roots, this root system reaches out and it begins to grab what type of nutrients and water and whatever else it can do to help it. And that's what we need to do. We need to be able to stand, but we need to continue to reach out beyond just ourselves and reach to him as our absolute default, our absolute necessity, and cling to Christ for the spiritual assistance in all that we do. See, autonomy or this, this freedom that we always want thinks it sustains itself. But see, when we have a dependency, we know that that dependency is sustained by God. So there's okay with autonomy, but it always has to be done in a dependency of where it comes from. Psalm 1, Psalm 1 verses 2 and 3. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night? That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. It's not 
in our own autonomy. It's, it's in our dependency on our Savior. Make sure your roots go deep and your dependence continues to stay where it belongs in Jesus Christ. Seek first his kingdom. Don't just try to build your own little kingdom. See, I think that's a problem here in America, especially for those of us that have been so blessed for so much of our life. Many times I think we act. I'm gonna ask you to turn to Luke 12. If you have a Bible or your device or whatever, I'll give you just a moment to turn to that. I know I've been going really fast and not giving you time to turn, but I want you to turn to Luke 12. We're gonna read verses 15 through 21. These are Jesus' words. It's a parable that he was talking about. I feel like this is kind of what our America is like. Verse 15, then he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable, the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, well, what should I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger ones and there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whomever stores up things for himself, but is not rich toward God. I take that as a pretty somber warning for us. As I read scripture, I can't help but see that we have been given so much. We are so blessed. And especially when I was reading this article yesterday about these people that are in Pakistan. And it just made me stop and think. And I wrote this down. Perhaps it's time we recognize that true independence is found only in a lasting dependence on our God. Perhaps it's time to recognize that our true independence, we've been given so much, let's not take what we have for granted ever. We've been blessed with so much. I, I've been on mission teams and I've, I've had a chance to instruct a mission team that I was on because we were in a very poor country when we were doing our work and you know we wanted to just keep, oh, we could do this if we could just buy this and yeah, we could do all that, you know, but then all of a sudden a guilt began to kind of set in us because all of a sudden we started really seeing the people for, the, for what they didn't have. And, 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 but I'll tell you what, they had something that I didn't have. They had a confidence and they had a trust in God that I hadn't experienced because they had so little. They were just worrying about tomorrow. Where do I get something to eat? There isn't anybody in this room that probably has to worry about tomorrow. Are you gonna eat? I don't believe that. I believe that we're so blessed. We're trying to figure out, are we doing burgers or brats? Are we doing steaks? Are we doing chicken? Are we... Right? We are blessed. Are you thanking the Lord for that all the time? We are so dependent on him. 
2 Corinthians 3.17, for we're the spirit of the Lord. You've heard this already. There is freedom. Freedom in Christ is not the right to do what we want, but the ability to do what we ought to. When you see the freedom that we have in Scripture, a lot of times it's giving to somebody that has need. Give out of the abundance that we have to those that are in need. Without Christ, we're slaves to sin and unable to do what is right. And Christ's death on the cross sets us free from the penalty and the power of sin. Oh my gosh, thank you, Jesus, that you've taken all the penalty away and you've taken all the power of sin away because I'm giving it to you. I hope you've done that today. See, the concept of freedom didn't originate with our founding fathers in the United States of America. It is found throughout the pages of the Bible, culminating with the work of what Jesus Christ did. Jesus declared in John 8, 36, therefore, if the Son makes you free, yes, you are free indeed. As believers, we enjoy so many freedoms because of what Jesus has done And for those that have placed their trust or put your dependence in him alone, there's so many blessings. I want to give you some blessings today. I know these screens that are going to come up here in a minute are going to look packed, and they are. But I want to just lend some freedoms. If you're struggling to know, well, what freedoms do I have in Christ? I want to give you some. So let's start. The first four. Ready, guys? There they are. Freedom from guilt. When's the last time you thank the Lord for that? Therefore is now no condemnation to them that are in Christ. Freedom from shame. Whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Freedom from God's wrath. (laughs) For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. How about freedom from the fear of death? But has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Let's carry on. Freedom from the bondage of sin. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. How about freedom from under the curse of the law? Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. Freedom from legalism. Stand therefore in the liberty by which Christ has made us free and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Freedom from sin's dominion, Satan's dominion. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and has conveyed on us into the kingdom of of the son of his love. We're halfway done. Let's go a little bit more. Freedom. These are your freedoms. Freedom to approach God. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Freedom to relate to God and his child as his heir. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, an heir of God through Christ. How about the freedom to partake and enjoy every spiritual blessing? Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Freedom to bring our own concerns and our requests to God. Is this a gift? 
You've probably heard me say, oh Lord, you allow us to bring our petitions. We have these freedoms. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. See, I was not telling you something that was not true. And then we've got four more. Freedom to walk with God throughout life. For you are a temple of the living God. And God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Freedom to authentically love others. Beloved, let us love one another for love of for love is of God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Freedom to live out God's purposes in your life. I love this scripture too for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You're God's workmanship Got something to be thankful about? Thank you, Lord, for creating me to be a workman for you. Freedom to enter the gates of heaven. In my Father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you, I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that I am there, or that where I am there, you may be also. I just gave you 16 freedoms that you can be praising the Lord for. And I know you can come up with a whole lot more. And I apologize if I offended anybody by not reading every one of those scripture references, but they're there. And this is the word of God, and this is what he wants. This is the dependence that we have. We can have incredible freedom if we continue to keep our dependence where it needs to be. And in that dependence, he gives us a lot of liberty and a lot of opportunity to live independently in him and to go, you know, to live where we live, to, to drive what we drive, to, to, to eat where we want to eat, all those different things. Those are all just, to me, beautiful side effects of the dependence that we must have on our God who is our provider in every one of those things. But most importantly, our provider in this gift of salvation. Now, I wanna be really honest with you again. These are not for everyone unless you make him your Lord and your Savior, Jesus Christ. You have to do that. Everybody, will you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, we come before you right now. Lord, before we go into the communion setting, Lord God, I just wanna pray right now for my brothers and my sisters that are sitting here in the house today that are online, that they're, they're paying attention, they're listening, and Lord, I'm just trusting that your word has stoked something in them. I ask that, Lord, that your word has, has brought some revelation, that your word would bring hope, that your word would bring release, that your word would set them in a place where there is freedom in their heart. But Lord, that freedom comes because we are so dependent on our Savior and what you did. Lord, in this house today, for anyone that maybe has not made Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior, Lord, you said we are all sinners. We're all sinners. We all have that sin. 
But Lord, you've given us the opportunity to accept Jesus Christ. To admit that we need a Savior, that we are sinners and that we need a Savior. And so Lord, if there's anybody in this house today that is at that point saying, oh yes, I need a Savior. Oh Lord, all you said is that they must believe. Believe in you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. All we have to do is believe on you and you can bring that change to our life. But we must confess it with our mouth. We gotta confess that we need a savior. We gotta believe in our heart that you've been raised from the dead. Lord, for anybody that's in this place today that's able to make that profession, thank you, Lord Jesus. I ask that they would continue to seek you and go after you. And Lord, that they would come into the, to the body of this church, come in and be a part of this church so that we can then disciple them, that we can walk with them, that we can help them, that we can help nourish them through the word of God as they take that commitment on today. Oh, in Jesus' name. And Lord, if there's anybody else here that is at a place where, Lord God, maybe they know they've, they've, they've been lax, if maybe let things slip. Lord God, I ask that they would call that back into order through the name of Jesus Christ today and put you back in that place of authority in their life. Put you back in that place. But Lord God, all that we do is to honor you so that when we're honoring you, Lord God, we are so privileged to have the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, blessing our lives. Thank you for that now. And Lord, as we go to your communion table, Lord God, this tremendous privilege of communion. Bless us in this time. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As I take time to read this communion passage out of 1 Corinthians, I love this passage because it is a passage that is able to call us back to a place where we can, it's gonna say in this, and I'm gonna ask that you begin to do this now. Examine yourselves. Where are you? Where is your heart? Where are you in your walk? Only you know that. But he gives us this chance and he gives us wonderful reset through communion. That no matter where we may have slipped or maybe where we have kind of went a little bit of astray, he gives us the opportunity to examine that and call it back into order. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats The bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. So a man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. That's why many among you are weak and sick and a number have even fallen asleep. But if we judged ourselves, We would not come under judgment. And when we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined. He's getting us back in line. Let that discipline come, Lord, if it needs to, so that we will not be condemned 
with the world. What a blessing. I hope you never take this for granted. I hope you never just take it just because it's something that we do at the beginning of every month. We do this every Thursday in a Thursday service. I hope you do this because you love your Savior and what he's done. And I hope that you will see that because of this, a dependence on this, he's given us all kinds of autonomy in our walk with him. So go ahead and take that bread out right now if you haven't done that. Our communion is open to everyone that is a believer. We just ask that you have made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life because we don't like to put anything on anybody that hasn't already done that, especially young ones. You have any children and they have not got to a place where they fully understand these ideas. Let's not put anything on them that's more than what they can handle at this point. Let them be taught. Let them be trained. But for those of you that have taken it, hold this bread up. Let's pray over it right now and thank him for what he's done. Lord, we come before you. And Lord, we thank you for the sacrifice that you made. The, the bread that represents your body that you gave for us. Oh, Lord God, what you did, your saving grace, your sacrifice. Lord, sacrifice that has never been done at the level that you sacrificed for anybody. Lord, you did this for us when we weren't even thinking about you. We weren't even pursuing you, Lord God, but you made that sacrifice for us. Thank you for that. We give you the glory. We give you the honor in Jesus' mighty, precious name. Amen. Go ahead and eat the bread. Say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for this bread, for the body that you sacrificed. Go ahead and open up your other side and this blood, this sacrifice, right, that he made for us. Oh, Lord, thank you for this blood. Lord God, that we don't have to bring animals in and slit throats and sprinkle blood. Your blood was shed once and for all. From that time forward and forevermore, we have the blood of Jesus that works on our behalf. Oh, thank you for your precious blood, oh Lord. Thank you for your precious blood, your sacrifice, your leading, your direction for us. We give you the praise. We give you the glory for it in Jesus' mighty and precious name this morning. Amen and amen. Drink ye all of it in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Will you stand with me this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Will you lift your hands for the blessing today? The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you and the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity to be with the body of Christ, to sing, to praise, to worship you in a free land. Thank you, Lord God, for what you've blessed us with. But Lord, help us to understand all the blessing we have is because of you and your blessing to us and how we are so dependent on you. 
Help us as a nation, Lord God, to honor you. Lord, I just call to you for your people here today, your people that are watching online. Bless them, Lord God. Keep them. We thank you for this day in Jesus' mighty and precious name. Everybody said amen. Come down and get a card if you would like, and I want you to know if you would like prayer, our altars are open, and we will have elders here to pray with you. God bless you.